All right, what's up, everybody? We're ready for Tuesday's show, rocking and rolling here. We're going to go over some coastal teams today. We're going to talk about their schedules, what we like, what we dislike, what we find. It might be a little bit troubling for some, what may be dominating for others. I have Duke winning six games this season. Maybe this guy can convince everyone else that it can come true. You are locked on ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's our Tuesday. Episode, and we have our favorite co host of the week, Jay Jackson of Lockdown Blue Devils, in the building. And I'm so excited to finally have him back. Took a little summer off, and now we are ready to rock and roll. JJ, how you feeling? Candace, I'm great. It's glad to, I'm glad to be back chatting with you. Uh, that means that football season is almost here. The month of August has arrived. Uh, so things are really picking up, and uh, excited to have our weekly chats once again. Yeah, absolutely. And for folks who maybe have just joined on, we are up to 500 subscribers on YouTube, which is so awesome because you guys make us your first listen each and every day. For the folks that are not OGs of the game who are coming new saying, hey, who is this guy? JJ, can you give people a little brief background of yourself and how you kind of came to Locked On? Yeah, exactly. I appreciate that, Candice. Uh, I'm the host of Locked On Blue Devils every day. Uh, I'm also nearing the 500 subscriber milestone on YouTube on that channel. So go and subscribe, support what we do here at Locked On. Uh, professionally, I am a radio broadcaster in Auburn, Alabama, an Auburn alum. And that's a little confusing, I'm sure, to some ACC viewers and listeners out there. But I grew up in the state. I spent my entire life until going off to school in Asheville, North Carolina, a few years in the Charlotte area. So uh, come from a Duke family through through and through and uh, been going on locked on Blue Devils. I've been hosting the show for over a year and a half now. So uh, really fun to see that show continue to grow. And uh, I'm more than ever fired up for another football season with you, Candice. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm super excited. I'm so glad to have you back because I have been singing Duke football's praises for so long. I have two bets rolling on here on the show. So me and Kenton have a $150 bet that Duke will win six games in football. And then I, and then Drake said, yeah, it's never going to happen. So he got in on the action. So all I'm here to say, can you please confirm straight out the gate, let's get to it, that Duke will win six football games this season? I mean, I, I try to be as optimistic as anybody <laughs> Uh, and actually, it's funny you bring this up. Mm-hmm. On yesterday's show, I did a full Duke football schedule overview yeah. with my buddy Josh Cox of Duke Football Talk Section 17 podcast, kind of looking at year one for Mike Elko. And, and while there are certainly winnable non-conference games to start the year, uh, it's a tough ACC league that Duke's going to have to go up against. I like what they've got at the quarterback spot. They need to make a decision. And whether it's going to be Riley Leonard or Jordan Moore, uh, you could talk me into six games. But if I were to do this on my own without any Candace Cooper influence, I don't know that I would jump to six right out of the gates. Oh, okay. Well, it's fine. I'm going to roll through the list. I'm going to make sure people understand why I feel like six games can do it. So they're starting at the gate with Temple, which not for nothing. Temple is a very good school. I saw them play Carolina in a bowl game. Like I think they have the stuff, but energy of 7 30 p.m you're playing at home and i just think why not duke that's the first game where people are going to say is elko the real deal or not so if anything it's probably when the fan base is going to be hot you lose this game handily the people are going to be like oh well this is duke of old nothing's changed i'm just saying if you win the first game 
it's, nice, it's a nice little roll after that. What do you think about the opening matchup? Let's start there. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think that Duke should have a good chance against Temple. The teams have met once before in the 2018 Independence Bowl in Shreveport, Louisiana. That was the only time that these two schools have ever met on the gridiron, and Duke won that game pretty handedly. Daniel Jones was the quarterback, played really, really well for Duke in his final college game uh, for the Blue Devils before being drafted by the New York Giants. So uh, I think that when you look at this matchup in particular, I, I think Duke should be favored in this one. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they're able to come out of the gate strong and pick up a win for Coach Elko and his program. Then they've got another couple of uh, non-conference games in a row. They're four straight non-conference games, Candace. So that's really where we're going to learn a lot about what the Duke football team is capable of. And it's funny you mentioned that. I love when you bring up Daniel Jones because as a New York Giants fan, I'm always like, is this going to be the year? It could be. As new coaches, bald-headed coaches always seem to bring good energy. So shout out to the home team, New York Giants. Just <laughs> had to put that aside. But you said four games out the gate, non-conference. You got Temple, then Northwestern, then North Carolina A&T. Shout out to the Aggies. Then you got Kansas. You can start out the season four and zero, and then we all know how things go, especially in the triangle. It's Duke is Duke is here. Let's pay attention. Everyone stop, like you know, stop the presses. Duke is really good at football. Four and zero. I'm convinced that you can find two more out of this schedule. I think it's possible. I, I think the two that you would find out of the schedule would be right out of the gates in league play. Duke takes on Georgia Tech early in their schedule. And Virginia, both of those teams are uh, kind of in, in tricky situations. You've got Tony Elliott taking over the Virginia Cavaliers, and we'll talk about them a little bit later in today's show. But then uh, Duke playing Georgia Tech, they lost by four last year in Durham. Jeff Collins has one of the hottest seats in America when it comes to coaches in the biz. He's really got to be able to perform well this year for Georgia Tech. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if those were the two wins that Duke could get out of the ACC. And you mentioned positive momentum. If you're winning games, you feel better going into next week's competition, and that could help Duke out in some of these toss-up ACC games. Yeah, and I also think just from the energy of media day, you can tell it's different than when it was during the last couple of years of Cutcliffe. Of course, everyone says the nice, fancy things that they're supposed to say, but you could just tell that these guys are enjoying the new coach, the new vibe, what he's bringing from a football mind and all of those good things. So you said Georgia Tech and Virginia, but honestly, if you look at the Coastal, I don't know how you can't throw in North Carolina, how you can't throw in Miami with a new coach, how you can't throw in Virginia Tech with Coach Pry. All of those things, all those variables. And if you get caught sleeping on a bad day, Pittsburgh or Boston College or Wake Forest, you just never know. So I'm just never going to throw – I'm never going to throw Duke completely under the bus because they've always had talent. It's not like for lack of talent. It's not like they don't get guys to the league. It's just been, to me, a culture change that started to decline. You could tell a coach who was just a little bit past his go and he needed an opportunity. To, there needed to be a fresh – approach to football and the football program. Now that you have Elko here, it's hard for me to be like, oh yeah, we'll just count them out and he's going to have a rough shake. I really think that with Riley Leonard at the helm and then defensively being led by Shaka Hayward and Dwayne Carter, Duke's going to be better than people think. They will. And I, I'm excited for the season to get here because it's one thing to talk about a coaching change. It's one thing to talk about spring ball and the energy in the building and the energy at an event like ACC kickoff. It's an entirely different thing to be there on a Saturday in a stadium and scoring more points than your opposition. So let's play some Duke football. Like let's find out for a fact 
what this Elko era is going to look like. And the fact that we're in the month of August means we're getting really close to that first game. So I'm excited. Yeah, a thousand percent agree. So we're going to shift gears, talk about a few more teams that JJ Jackson covers here on our show throughout the season. We're looking only at coastal teams for today. If you miss Monday's show, you miss Ken Gibbs going over his Atlantic division teams. So we're going to try to give that healthy balance. And then next week, we will certainly flip flop. But as you gear for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk for fast faster and for free. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find candidates that each and every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. So you can post your job for free right now at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions do apply. So we're rocking and rolling here with JJ Jackson of Locked On Blue Devils. I got my AJs and my JJs. Everybody's back together. I'm super excited about it. We're going into the fall season where football is king. Not only does JJ cover Duke here on our show, but he's also giving his time and talents to our UNC, his crosstown rival there, which I think is going to be excellent. And to me, this is probably the more, uh, I don't know how it's going to go team, out of the triangle schools when you're talking about North Carolina Tar Heels. What are your initial reactions going into the season for this squad? Well, you just talk quarterbacks always. I mean, that, that's got to be the big question when you take a look at a school like North Carolina. Uh, they've had a lot of positive recruiting momentum from Mac Brown. Mac is certainly back, and North Carolina is doing really well in terms of landing high-profile recruits in Coach Brown's tenure. Now the big question is, can you make – those recruits turn into something special on the field to help you go out and win football games. The other big thing, the unknown, so to speak, for North Carolina football going into the year is what does their quarterback play look like? Sam Howell is no longer here. He's gone off to the NFL. A little bit easier for whoever the quarterback may be for the Tar Heels that you've got Josh Downs out there on the outside that you feel comfortable throwing the ball down deep to. But that's the big thing, Candace. Who's going to be the quarterback? Is it Drake May? Is it somebody else? I mean, we got to figure out who that quarterback is for North Carolina uh, before you really start to gauge what this football team can do. A thousand percent. I also think what the one of the bigger issues for North Carolina is the offensive line, because it doesn't matter who is behind leading the team. Well, you know, in certain regards, I think that's so important. If you can't protect them, it won't really be worth the damn. So they have three, three opportunities at the gate. They play FAMU. They play App State, which is not a gimme. But here we are. They play Georgia State, which too is not a gimme. But here we are. Then on September 24th, they get to play. Notre Dame, which to me is going to be the big gut check, the first real gut check for the Tar Heels. Then after that, it could just go downhill pretty quickly, facing Virginia Tech, Miami, Duke, Pittsburgh. Then you got Virginia, Wake Forest, Georgia Tech, and NC State. So all of people you have friendly rivalries between, right? All schools you've played before and all of that good jazz. But do you even feel like it's going to be competitive for UNC this year? Because, yes, you have the pieces in Josh Downs. You have Brave Hassock and the guys and Cedric Gray in defense. But, I mean, is Storm Duck actually going to be a defensive weapon this season? Do you, are you going to see Tony Grimes make a leap? I don't know. It remains to be seen. I'm not yeah, an optimistic you, Carolina person. <laughs> well, you, you've got, uh, obviously, a, a brand-new coaching staff in a lot of ways. You've got Gene Chizik 
back in college football, who I certainly adore uh, and have had many conversations with Coach Chizik over the years, obviously with my ties to Auburn. As I mentioned, he was the head coach on the national championship winning team, mainly due to Cam Newton, which we're okay with saying, but Coach Chizik knows how to coach up the defense. So he's back there in Chapel Hill. The offensive line is a big question mark for this North Carolina team. Their offensive line coach, Stacy Serrells, left to go be the offensive line coach at Georgia, who's coming off a national championship. So there's also some changes within that coaching staff. So Mac Brown has got to continue to have a great vision for North Carolina football. And then as we've talked about a good bit, making sure the guys go out there on the floor and perform. Do you think Mac Brown is on a bit of a hot seat? You talked a lot about Jeff Collins and how he had to have a pretty strong season, but recruiting is great. But can you get it done when it comes to that win-loss column? And I don't know that Mac Brown is what we need to be successful long-term. Yeah, I mean, long-term is certainly a question because the age becomes a factor at some point when you're talking about somebody with Mac Brown. But I don't know that you want to jump to the hot seat just yet for that coach because I just often play the game of, okay, well, if it's not Mac Brown, then who? Mac Brown <laughs> is a winner. There are only a handful of coaches who can say, I actively won a national championship in the sport that we call college football. And Mac Brown is one of those guys. He knows the recipe. The game is changing, obviously, and there's a level of adaptation that has to come with it. But knowing that uh, what he's capable and knowing the way he's been able to recruit the staff he's been able to put together, I don't know that uh, I, I would be saying he's on the hot seat just yet, Candace. I really don't. I think that if you have a good year without Bateman, Bateman was clearly the bait. He was the problem. He was the issue. He was like, you got rid of him and now we're good to go. We all knew all along what it was, blah, blah, blah. We addressed it. If you don't have a good season after taking away Bateman, who everyone told you to do years back, then I'm starting to say, okay, well, what's the real problem? And that's for me where the seat's a little bit warmer, but at the same time, you're not going to find a coach that understands the brand that is North Carolina right now, and especially in the age where NIL is everything. You need someone who's going to be able to have very honest conversations with these young men, right? Like beyond just, oh, we're going to give you all the playing in the world, all the money in the world. I think you need to have someone to say you got to earn it or you're not there yet to where you can just be talking junk to because you got it, right? So that's the only reason why I keep around. But I'm not saying it's not lukewarm, but it's a little sizzle. There's a little sizzle there. And, well, well, Coach Chizik is the coach to have okay. exactly that mindset. Coach Chizik is not a, you know, um, rainbows and butterflies type of guy, <laughs> right? Like you have got to earn it. You've got to earn respect and you've got to put work in. Like you've got yeah. to have an amazing work ethic to play for him and to play on his defense. So uh, that would give me plenty of confidence for North Carolina going into the year. And uh, I, I think there's good reason to be optimistic about what they might be able to do. I don't know. Maybe I'm just so negative. You're so bright, JJ. JJ, you're really, you're <laughs> well, really good well, you're the one, positive. You're the one that's bright on my Duke Blue Devils, and, and here I am trying to be bright on your Tar Heels. So yeah. we've just swapped roles for the day. A thousand and three percent. I really hope that Gina's the guy. Maybe it's just been so quiet over there. Last year, you know, it was everything. Same Howell, Heisman, da 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 now you're just like, okay, Josh Downs is good, cool, you know, but it's not really flashy in the same way. So I'm like, okay, well, what? maybe y'all are cooking something up and yeah, I just don't know what about it, but you know, I'm, I'm going to trust that things will come to pass. But if you guys haven't tried Bill Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of the great life's greatest joys. And guess what? 
There's a new flavor, Reading Delicious Indulgent Cookie Dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it yet again. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it, plus it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they are a whopping 15 grams of protein in each of them. Run to Built.com to snag a box for you and the family. It will be the perfect treat, or you can find a really good hiding place for you to have just for a little late night snack should you choose. Again, go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order using promo code LOCKED15. Talking with JJ Jackson here, rounding out the Coastal Troop, we have a nice trio that JJ covers on our show each and every Tuesday. He is going to be covering, last but not least, the Virginia Cavaliers, who are going into this year with a new head coach in Tony Elliott. He comes from a national championship pedigree. He understands what it takes to get at that level. He's got a great quarterback that you mentioned many times on the show. Brennan Armstrong is certainly a guy that can lead the Cavs to be great. Keaton Thompson, great weapon. He's He can do damn near anything. You got Nick Jordan, Dontavion Wicks in that defense. Maybe Virginia is a sleeper team. As much as I'm talking about Duke here, maybe the Cavs are the ones that we have to watch out for. What are your thoughts? It's certainly possible. I think when you talk about the quarterback play, Brennan Armstrong is back. And anytime you see a coaching change take place, you worry about are your players going to then leave as well. And Brennan Armstrong remained loyal to the Cavaliers. He remained loyal to the city of Charlottesville and the University of Virginia. And he's going to play once again this season for new head coach Tony Elliott. Coming over from Clemson as their offensive coordinator, he knows a little thing or two about scoring points. I would imagine that he is absolutely jazzed about what Armstrong is capable of on the offensive side of the football. So uh, I would be excited for that reason alone about what Virginia can do. Now they certainly need to take a step forward uh, from the way things sort of ended there with Bronco Mendenhall and him ultimately stepping away from the job there. But when you look at this Virginia team, Candace, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they're picking up some big wins throughout the year. Absolutely. They start their season off against Richmond and then they travel to Illinois, followed by Old Dominion and you have Syracuse and Duke. So if you stop and pause there, to me, those are five winnable games, right? All very winnable for Virginia. You start off 5-0, and now you're the king of the coastal. Everyone loves you. You know, of course, he needed to get rid of, get away from Dabo to be shine and all the good things. Do you feel like Virginia can start out 5-0 and and have a strong showing out the gate? Yeah, I mean, that's what it's going to take for all these teams that we've talked about today is can you get off to a good start? to begin the season because that sets you up for the latter portion of the year. That gives you confidence going into some of the more challenging games through the back half of your schedule. You know, Virginia is going to have a showdown with Virginia Tech this year, for example. So can you play well in those first few games to feel good about yourself going into the back half of your schedule? And that's certainly something I think Virginia should feel good about is their ability to get off to a strong start. You just mentioned the games there, and knowing that you've got experience at quarterback. It's one thing for a school like Duke, who you might be high on, to start the year with four straight non-conference games. But what we don't know about Duke is the quarterback position. You're going with very little experienced guys in either Riley Leonard or Jordan Moore. That is not the case whatsoever any way you look at it on Brendan Armstrong. You know what you've got in that quarterback And that should give you reason enough to be a little confident going into those first few weeks of the season. 
Absolutely. And then on the back half for Virginia, they have Louisville, Georgia Tech, Miami, North Carolina, Pittsburgh, Coastal Carolina, and Virginia Tech. The big Hokie versus Cavs rivalry, which, of course, Coach Elliott has, no, has come to know full well. As long as you beat Virginia Tech, you have a job at the end of the day. For a lot, for sometimes all intents and purposes, you can have a crappy season. But if you beat the rival, you know, you're, you live to see another day. And so, to me, I think it's going to be strong for him to have really good games, even if it's hard-fought losses to teams in the Coastal. But for just how we can see some progress, I feel like last year – you know, the Cavs weren't in it for many reasons. But now that you have someone with fresh eyes and really helping certain guys hone in on certain position levels, like Keaton Thompson being a receiver, for example, you're going to put yourself in a great position to be successful when it's all said and done. Can't wait for the year. I mean, you look at what this team's able to do and all these teams, really, now that we've we've talked about what the season could look like, I'm just ready to play football at this point. So just like, <laughs> let's get to the games and let's see what all these teams can accomplish. Uh, two of them that we've talked about today have a new head coach, which is fun for their eras and their programs to officially get started and get underway. So let's see what it looks like this year. No doubt. Do you have a coastal favorite or are you pretty much just trying to see how it flushes itself out? Uh, the latter, certainly. <laughs> as, as we get closer, I will feel more confident in making a selection. Uh, but okay. Coastal Chaos is a real thing. It changes mm -hmm. every year, it feels like, at this point. So uh, give me another week or two, and I'll really start to iron some things out. Every, okay. day, every day it switches for me. Every day it there switches for me at this point. There's nothing wrong with that. Have you picked a team to win the whole kit? Caboodle, though, they don't have to be Coastal. Yeah, no, I, I, I think Clemson bounces back this year. I still think Clemson's going to be – uh, the cream of the crop in the ACC. So I feel pretty good about their chances. Yeah. Do you think DJ is going to have the year that he was hoping to have last year? No doubt. I think that mm -hmm. uh, obviously he's going to be ready to rock and roll this year. Uh, look pretty fly at ACC kickoff in Charlotte. I know you were there for that. And um, if, if he can't get it rolling, Clay Kovnick is a really good uh, freshman quarterback coming into the mix. So, and that mm -hmm. defense is truly special that Clemson's got this season. So I think that reason alone, despite the fact they lost both their coordinators, I think Clemson's going to be just fine this year. Interesting pick because I'm over here saying NC State's going to win the whole thing because it's, yeah. they're, just, they're just due for something nice, right? You know, after a while, you just hope that team, something, things start to align and then 17 returners, for godly's sake. Like, let's just give them one thing. No, it would be. I mean, look, they deserve some nice things every now and again. They haven't won a championship and anything relevant in quite some time. So uh, maybe, just maybe, NC State can get a hold of something. No doubt. JJ, it's always a pleasure to have you here on the show. Can you please remind folks of where they can find you, follow your work? On Twitter, at underscore JJ, underscore Jackson, underscore. Follow our show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. And go subscribe to our YouTube page, Locked On Blue Devils, talking all things Duke Athletics each and every day. Guys, make sure you come back tomorrow. We're going to get into the rankings energy with our regular co-host, AJ Black, Locked on Boston College. For Candace Cooper, JJ Jackson, until next time.